Welcome to Caffeinated Crescendos, the podcast where we are brewing up band culture and music education one cup at a time. My name is Rob Cieslick. I'm a husband, a father of three, and a veteran music educator. Over my 17-year career, I've taught band, choir, general music, show choir, and even theater from elementary school to the collegiate level. Each episode will discuss two of my favorite things, music and coffee. It doesn't matter if you're a band director, a vocal music educator, a general music teacher, or someone who does it all. You are sure to find something for you and your classroom on this podcast. Now sit back, grab your favorite cup of coffee, and get ready for this episode of the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast. Welcome to the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast, where we are brewing up band culture and music education one cup at a time. Today's episode is all about junior high general music and how we can get our students involved and excited by using collaborative units in our classroom. As always, before we begin the music part of the episode, I wanted to share with you what I'm drinking today in my cup. I could label this episode music and macchiato. That's right. Today I'm sipping on a classic espresso macchiato. Now, you may be familiar with that name from Starbucks or your favorite coffee shop, but what exactly is a macchiato? A macchiato, particularly espresso macchiato, there's actually two main types of macchiatos that we'll talk about, but the espresso macchiato came into being as a way to sneak espresso into the afternoon. The word macchiato, like most terminology surrounding espresso drinks, is Italian. It roughly translates to marked or stained, which gives us our starting point. There's basically two main macchiato variations, the espresso macchiato and the latte macchiato, and they're basically just opposites of one another. The espresso macchiato is the original form of this drink. In this case, the milk stains the espresso. The point of this drink is to have an espresso shot and subdue the espresso taste just a little by adding a splash of milk. So if you're somebody that thinks espresso by itself as a shot is a little bit too bitter or a little bit too strong, but maybe a cappuccino is a little weak and it's a little bit milky for you, then this would be something to try because there's only a small portion of milk in a classic macchiato. Now, the latte macchiato is kind of the opposite. In this case, the steamed milk is stained by the espresso that comes in after. The latte macchiato differs from a latte in that It has more milk, less espresso, and is a layered drink. It differs from the espresso macchiato in that it puts the emphasis on the milk rather than the espresso. So if you're a coffee drinker and you're not one for just a shot of espresso in the morning, uh, but you think maybe cappuccinos are a little bit too light for you, not strong enough, this might be a way to kind of bridge the gap between a shot of espresso and your regular latte or cappuccino. All right, let's dive into the world of collaborative units for general music classes. My hope is that if you're not doing anything like these units, that you're going to try them in your classroom, or if you're doing something similar, that you might find a new idea to add to your unit. If you're like me, you want to make your music classes as fun, exciting, and interactive while teaching your curriculum for each grade level. This can be challenging at the junior high level because by junior high, our students are developing personal likes, personal dislikes, what they like in music. Do they like rap music? Do they like country music? Do they like pop music? Do they like ukulele? 
you know, did they like bucket drumming, recorders? They're starting to develop their own personality. And sometimes it's difficult to find units that the students enjoy, but are also teaching the curriculum that you need to teach in junior high. So I'm going to give you three examples of collaborative units that I've done and had success with in my classroom. I'm going to start by saying that these units are constantly evolving, and I'm not going to be able to share every aspect with you in this podcast. But if you would like to get more information about what I'm doing or going to talk about today, or if you'd like some samples of my lessons or rubrics, you can contact me at caffeinatedcrescendos.com. So in this episode, we're going to talk about three units. We're going to talk about the Broadway unit I do. We're going to talk about doing a unit on Foley art, and we're going to talk about my songwriting unit. All three of these I use in general music in junior high, and all three of these units are different. So if somebody doesn't particularly connect with the Broadway unit, they might to the Foley unit or to the songwriting unit. All right, so the first collaborative unit that I do that I'm going to talk about today is my Broadway unit. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that my school has a fairly large theater program for the size school that we are. We put on three musicals a year, one for fifth through eighth grade in the spring, for second through fourth grade in the fall, and then we typically do a one-week drama camp for everyone during the summer where we put on a musical in just five days. I'm only saying that because when I started teaching this Broadway unit, I felt that some of my students were getting a little bored with the history and the technical aspects, so I needed to find a way to get them more involved, and so I added a performance aspect to my Broadway unit. So here's kind of the layout of this unit, just to give you a broad bird's eye view as to what I do. Again, if you want some more information, feel free to contact me at caffeinatedcrescendos.com and I will send you some samples of my rubrics or lesson plans for this unit. The first couple classes, it is more of a lecture style. We're talking about history of Broadway, landmark musicals from different decades. I wanna give a disclaimer here before we go any farther. If you're not up on modern Broadway, please, as we should for everything that we show in our class, you need to preview things first. Yes, we talk about shows like Hamilton and its impact on the theater recently. And yes, it's on Disney+, Plus, but they don't censor all of the inappropriate words for school use. There's many musicals from each decade that you can show that are appropriate for use in the classroom, and you're going to have to gauge your school, your administration, and your parents and base what you show in the classroom off of what is going to be appropriate for your students. So the next class, I pair the students up and they have to do a research project that really only takes them a class period to do. And they have to create a Google slide and present on two behind-the-scenes Broadway jobs. This usually only takes, like I said, one or maybe two classes. But they basically have to present on what does that job entail, favorite people that have held that position, average salaries of that position, landmark musicals that might have their job in it. So for instance, if we're talking about costumes or makeup, they might talk about Lion King. If we're talking about set, they might talk about Tarzan and how they use the wall in Tarzan. Disney Theatrical also has a great series online going through the different behind-the-scenes aspects of Broadway using The Lion King. I highly recommend this series. I think there's 10 different videos and they're pretty short, five, six, seven minute videos, but it goes through 
actors, singer, songwriter, choreography, lighting, stage, all the aspects that are behind the scenes. It's really well done. And if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. I highly recommend you checking that out if you're doing a Broadway unit. The next few classes are the performance aspect of this unit. And this is where they really get to be creative. Honestly, even students that are not involved in our theater and drama productions get really creative with this unit because I allow them to pick a topic that they know and enjoy. For the performance aspect, I split them into several groups, but I usually make the groups large enough that they can be successful, but that I can also do performances in one class period. So I look at my class numbers, I figure out how many groups I can have perform in one day and go with that since I only have one day for our final performances because our auditorium is fairly booked up. Their task is to be the production team for a new and exciting Broadway musical. They have to choose a book, a movie, a TV show, anything really that isn't a musical already and brainstorm different aspects. I typically show them something from like Shrek the Musical and explain to them how it wasn't a musical before it went to Broadway. The directors and composers had to create music to expand the plot. And then we get into allowing them to pick their topic. They have to write a quick synopsis. I give them everything laid out on a couple pages. They have to give a character list and create two musical moments in the show and explain why those musical moments will be there, why those are important. This is all done on my Broadway worksheet. If you want to see a sample of what I usually give to them, you can contact me again on my website. I've had a lot of creative ideas come from this unit, and several have since become musicals after my students created something for my class. Now, that's not saying that their version ended up being on Broadway, but for example, I started this unit before there was a SpongeBob the Musical on Broadway, and now there's a SpongeBob the Musical on Broadway, and schools are performing this version of SpongeBob around the country. After they have a good idea of what their show is, they are tasked to write and perform either a scene or a song from the musical. If they choose to write a scene, it needs to be written in script form, They end up using props and costumes to create a short scene from their musical. I understand that many schools don't have a theater program, but honestly, most of my groups in my class bring in items from home and they get creative with their costumes and props. Hardly ever do I let them go rummage through our props and costumes area backstage. They end up getting really creative with it. If they write a song, I ask them to write a lyric sheet. And they have to have choreography. This is also a crossover from the songwriting unit that we do that we're going to talk about a little bit later. This is actually one of my favorite units to do. And we've had some really creative ideas come out of this unit. Everything from kids TV shows like Backyardigans to movies to children's books. I remember several years ago, a group did a musical based on the children's book, The Hungry Caterpillar. It was super creative. They had a narrator and several different actors being the caterpillar and the different foods. They had acting, singing, dancing, all in a few-minute preview of their show. I'll be honest, those students that typically don't get involved in some of my music lessons that aren't involved in our theater program still enjoy this lesson because I allow them to pick something that they enjoy. I had a group last year that did a whole musical based on basketball. And I find with these students... That if I allow them to pick, obviously, a school-appropriate book, TV show, sitcom, movie, but if it's something that they enjoy and something that they are into, that they get into and get excited about this unit as well. 
The next collaborative unit I'm going to talk about, I started a couple years ago, and it is a unit about the art of Foley. Now, if you're not familiar with what Foley art is, it's basically the adding of live sound effects to movies and TV show in post-production. This is usually done on a film stage where they get to basically use everything but the kitchen sink to recreate sounds for movies. Honestly, it's a career that I would love to have. I think it would be so cool just to spend one day on a Foley stage. Get to make giant messes and recreate sounds for films. I love it. Now, I understand that this is technically not music, but it is a performance art. And this unit came out of a film music unit I have done previously in junior high music as well. This unit starts off similar with a brief history of Jack Foley, early radio sound effects, and ends with us watching a few examples of Foley artists at work. One of the top Foley artists that you have to check out, and he has many good videos out there, his name is Gary Hecker. And he's done movies like Hunger Games, Spider-Man, Superman. He's one of the top Foley artists in Hollywood. So check out videos by Gary Hecker. There's a lot of other Foley videos out there. There is videos where they have the Foley artist on one side and the actual film on the other side so you can see how they're creating the sound. After they have a good idea of what Foley art is, then we talk about how we could create different sound effects with objects in the music room. How could we recreate a splash of water? How can we make the car tires squeal? Then typically what I do is I take a class period and pass out my Foley worksheet, which is basically just a timeline. And we pick a short scene and work through it together. We talk about how they can create the sounds in the scene and what are they listening for? What could this object sound like? And I do this with the sound off. So they have to visually watch the movie and think about what each element is going to sound like. This takes a while, because whether you realize it or not, there's tons of sounds, from footsteps, to clothes rustling, to the wind, to water dripping. There's a lot in just a minute or a minute and a half clip. So as you're choosing your clip for your Foley unit, don't pick anything longer than a minute or a minute and a half, because it's going to get too daunting to create all of those sounds. Then comes the fun and frankly, a little bit messy part. I split them up into groups of two or four, any more than four, and it usually gets a little bit chaotic. This is something I learned in my first year when I kind of just let them pick their group. If you have more than four people, you have to set up a lot of tables and it gets just a little bit chaotic. So I keep my groups two to four people. Typical Foley stages have two Foley artists and one mixer. So if you want to give them a true idea of what Foley art is like, it would be a group of two working together. But I found with my class sizes being close to 20, that that takes a little bit more time to get this unit done. So I brought it up to four at the most. They get to choose between three pre-selected scenes. They're about one minute. I choose the scenes. Some of the scenes that have worked really well for me in the past are there's a cooking scene from Ratatouille. The scene in Tangled when Flynn Rider first gets to the tower and hits Rapunzel with the frying pan, that's a good one. We've used a scene in Back to the Future where Doc sends the, the DeLorean back in the storm. There's a ton of other movies that you can use, but just keep your clip really short to one minute, one and a half minutes. Once they have their groups and they've figured out which scene they're doing, they get a class period to work through the timeline and figure out exactly what sounds they're going to recreate and how they're going to do it. 
Then they start bringing in whatever items they're going to need to recreate those sounds. Sometimes it's things found in the music room. Sometimes it's things that they have to bring in themselves. But they have to have a day where they try this out and see if it actually sounds right. Once they do that, I set up a small Foley studio in my room. Each group gets time to record their sounds directly to my Zoom H6 recorder. I usually set up four microphones. You can do it with just one. I put their clip up on the smart board, turn the sound off. They record their sounds with the movie clip. Afterwards, I can connect the Zoom recorder to my classroom sound system and listen to their sounds with the movie clip. So they get a chance to hear what they created with the actual movie that was produced and see how it sounds together. You'd be amazed as to how good these come out. These kids get really creative with how to create their sounds and they do a great job. One tip that I would recommend if you are going to be recording these is to do a countdown at the very beginning. This is something I learned after the first year I did this. If you want to line it up with your smart board and everyone's using the same clip or the same three clips, all you have to do is do a countdown at the beginning so it goes three, two, one, and then you know when to press play on the Zoom recorder and your smart board and it will start together and then they can listen in class. Now, I get that some of you might not have the ability to do this completely like I do, either due to the lack of equipment um, or the lack of knowledge, but really... You can do this with some simple equipment. You could even get a USB microphone and just recording into your computer with something like Audacity is free and easy to learn and has a pretty shallow learning curve that most people can figure out. Yes, this gets messy. The kids always have a good time, but they learn a lot from this hands-on approach. This is probably my most extensive unit and it has changed over time, but you can't be afraid to try some things that might be new. I will say that once you have a handle on the technical side of this, this is really fun. If you want to learn a little bit more about Foley or how I set up the technical side of my recording, you can contact me on my website. I'd be happy to help you with some inexpensive microphones, some recording software to give you some tips and tricks on how to use free recording software so you can get this unit going. Just reach out via my website and I'd be happy to send you an email and help you out. The last unit I want to talk about is our introduction to songwriting unit that we do. We typically do this unit in either 7th grade or 8th grade, sometimes both, and I might do a little extension off of it if they had it in 7th grade, but it's usually after they've had some introduction to ukulele, which we start in the 6th grade. We go over common chord progressions of some popular songs, usually like, you know, 1, 5, 6, 4, 1, 4, 5. Last year, we even got into the 12-bar blues a little bit. But basically any chord progression, they can use C, F, G, A minor for sure. They can add other chords if they want, but we usually build on these chords. We talk about common rhyme schemes in music, as well as use samples from current songs that they know. They get a kick out of it if we can analyze a Taylor Swift tune. Once we have gone over those aspects, chord progression, rhyme scheme, they get grouped together and they have to pick a style of song and write it out. They usually have to come up with a chorus and three verses. If I do this in seventh grade, this actually aligns with the poetry unit that they do in seventh grade in English class. It actually works out really well because they're already talking about rhyme scheme and patterns in their English class and they can bring that knowledge over to music and then we can create songs with it. One year, we even used the poems that they created in English class to write songs to. 
but typically they just come up with their own material for my class. They have to write a chorus, three verses, school appropriate. I obviously look at the topics before they get the final approval, but they typically come up with some really good ideas. I had a group two years ago come up with an entire song that was basically a promotion for our school. I've had people write blues like the homework blues or the Monday blues, and they come out really nice because I allow them to be creative using things that we've learned from other lessons. If your school doesn't utilize ukulele, which you should because it is awesome for the music classroom, but if you don't have the budget and can't utilize ukulele in the classroom, you can still do this lesson. And sometimes we opt to not use ukulele or a certain group will opt to do something else for their song and not use ukulele. So you can do things like create a melody and sing it for the class. Or what we do a lot of times, whether it's in the songwriting unit or our hip hop unit, is we use one of the free beat making apps that they have online. There's a ton of free beat making apps that are available online. The one that I tend to gravitate towards is one called Beatmaker by Splice. If you just Google it, you'll find it. But it's basically just a grid style beat maker, and it also has some preloaded beats to get your students started. Kick drum, snare drum, hi-hat, different things you can add to create your backing track. And then they can use that instead of the ukulele to create their song in the songwriting unit. Well, there you have it. Today, we talked about three collaborative units I use in my school's junior high general music classes. We talked about my Broadway unit and how I incorporate a performance aspect into the history and the behind the scenes parts of Broadway. We talked about my Foley unit and how we can incorporate Foley art and do a recording session in your music class. And finally, we talked about how we can incorporate songwriting into your junior high general music class. My hope is that if you're not doing one of these lessons, that you at least try some aspect of it, because for me, it has allowed my general music classes in junior high to become more exciting, have the students more involved, and become more collaborative throughout the year. These three lessons are not the only lessons that I incorporate, but these are the three that my students seem to enjoy year in and year out. If you have any questions or would like some samples of my lessons or just want to share some of your collaborative lessons with me, you can contact me at caffeinatedcrescendos.com. And don't forget to follow this podcast, share it with a friend so you never miss what's brewing on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Caffeinated Crescendos podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content, please share this podcast with a friend. For questions or comments on today's episode, you can contact me at www.caffeinatedcrescendos.com. And remember, follow this podcast so you never miss what's brewing on the next episode.